0: Live from Mile High Station, it's the Fan Football pre Game presented by Phil Long, of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and DMACC.
1: All right, here we go. Time to go behind enemy lines with our great friends, proud CU Buffalo, uh, Mike Pritchard, the lead NFL analyst for v the sports betting network in Las Vegas. Hey, first of all, Pritch, thank you so much for being on with us. Man, your Buffaloes, brother. Holy cow. How about them?
2: Rack, Mike, man, I'm glad you led with that. I know there's a big game with the Broncos and the Raiders, but I'm glad you led with the CU Buffs. I mean, it's an incredible story. It's a story that's uh, captured the sporting world, and and what Coach Prime has done uh, has been really a miracle, a miracle for the program, a miracle for the region, uh, a miracle for the school. I mean, it's I can't describe it. I can't put it into words. It's a great start. It's a great start. Uh, a lot more work to, to do. But, uh, no, we, we couldn't be more thrilled and more happy for everybody up there in Boulder.
3: Well, we'll have time to switch over to Broncos Raiders. But uh, you, you call it a miracle. I would assume
2: then I should interpret that as you didn't see this coming? I, I You know what, Mike? I, I think I saw a bowl game potential. But the excitement, I mean, I, I think the story um, – uh, how they've capsulated, cap- captured you know just the entire sporting world. I mean, everybody's talking about CU in a way that they have not never talked about CU. I, even when we had our heyday, uh, we didn't have this much shine on the program, I don't think. Uh, but no, everybody, everywhere you go, it's CU football. And, and so from that standpoint, that's where the miracle is. I mean, as far as the product on the field, I, I think what people missed is the level of athlete that he was attracting, Coach Prime was attracting, and, and certainly the level of his coaching staff. Uh, so now that everybody's kind of seen that and witnessed that, uh, now the surprise is gone. Everybody's going to be prepared for it.
1: All right, well, Precious also, excuse me, Mike, a um, Vegas native and is out in Vegas, has been uh, back and forth, but in Vegas for quite a while at this point. So the Raiders, what, yeah. should, we, what should we know really quick about Chandler Jones' situation? What? I, I, oh, I know he's not playing, but what what is actually going on
2: there? Uh, they call it a personal matter. Um, from what I gather, you know, anytime you're locked out of the building, you're a threat. Uh, so I don't know if he's a threat to himself because they sent, like, some crisis uh, control to his house. Uh, or is he a threat to somebody in the building? So uh, it's a personal matter that way. You know, we have disagreements. There's a reason why they say no firearms in the locker room, Right. There's a the big, big sign saying that. And I, I think uh, from an emotional standpoint, the volatile nature of football, the physical game, and, and what we turn into each and every game day uh, it's better for the team to kind of separate themselves from point. But nobody knows what's going on. I mean, there, there's some history uh, with Chandler a little bit in New England. You know, people kind of dig up that kind of stuff. But uh, without any sound or, or, or great information, uh, nobody it is hard to speculate what's going on but he's a threat to somebody uh it was either it's himself or somebody in the building that's why they locked him out though wow
3: busy with uh, Mike Pritchard uh Mike Jimmy Garoppolo uh, definitely yeah. a guy that man you keep him healthy teams win with him uh, what what is the sense there of, about what you're you're getting in Jimmy Garoppolo? Are you are you getting a guy that can go you know toe to toe with Justin Herbert and Patrick
2: Mahomes? What's what's the feeling surrounding Jimmy G out there? Well, the pedigree uh, you love the pedigree. You no, know, you know you think about Jimmy G and you think about his start in New England. Uh, I believe he was undefeated, you know, and then the situation where he got traded to San Francisco, Bill Belichick wanted to keep him, but obviously uh, Kraft wanted to keep Tommy for a little bit longer. Uh, So they shipped him off to San Francisco, and then it continued. But you're right, Mike. I mean, every time he's on the field and he's playing well, uh, it uh, it resulted in in certainly a winning season or a Super Bowl appearance or or the chance to get to a Super Bowl uh, if Jimmy G has been healthy. But uh, I will say this, you know, he's had – the support of an unbelievable roster out there for several years out there in San Francisco, and one of the best play callers in the National Football League. Now, I, I don't want to diminish the skill set of Josh McDaniels because I think Josh is an excellent play caller too. Uh, but I don't know if he's on the same uh, uh, plane as, as a Kyle Shanahan. Now, Josh does have six Super Bowl wins, but that's with Tom Brady, though, right? Uh, but Jimmy G went healthy. I think he can execute the offense. I I think he's going to be a lift to the to the Raiders in the red zone, Uh, and we'll see what happens. But for the entire year, uh, I think Raider Nation is going to be holding their breath to see if Jimmy G can stay healthy. But but when healthy, he has produced uh, in a significant way. Mike, how do you see
3: this going for us? Can I ask one more question for Mike? One more question, Mike. (laughs) as, As you look at the Raiders, like from the from the Broncos standpoint, or any team that plays the Raiders this year. If if you're trying to you know cut off the head of the snake, who who right. is if you could if you could have your choice of neutralizing one Raider for a game, would it be Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs
2: or Max Crosby? Well, you know Max Crosby, I don't think you can be. You're not going to be able to do that. Like he, he's a uh, he's a cockroach, man. You step on him, you think he's dead, but he's not. Uh, he, he he keeps coming, fellas. He does. Max Crosby is relentless that way. Uh, I I think if you need to slow down and and beat the Raiders, you got to stop Josh Jacobs in the running game. Uh, Jimmy G, to go back and drop back and throw the ball so many times, over 35, 40 times a game, that's not his game. I don't think that's how Josh wants to call offense either. Uh, So the Broncos are going to have to buck up the chin strap and try to get after Josh Jacobs in that running game, uh, slow him down that way. If they can't uh, and the Raiders are balanced, then that's going to be very, very difficult for the Broncos. I, I think defensively, uh, Tyree Wilson, they're high on him. He's a draft choice out of Texas Tech, uh, to book in what Max Crosby delivers. Uh, but there's some question marks in the center of the defense, too, with the linebacking core. Actually, the Raiders feel pretty good about their secondary. You know, you, you got a Peters back there. He's kind of a dog kind of player and, uh, you know, the attitude and that they think that that's what they've been missing, uh, for a number of years. They got some EPS. He's a veteran presence at safety, uh, along with, um, um, the other safety they drafted out of TCU. Um, I can't remember his name right now, but they're, they're high on a lot of young players, uh, but they have to come together, right? They're so schemed-oriented that the Raiders have made so many mistakes in the past uh, with this particular scheme that they're hoping that these smarter players and everybody's going to be in the right place at the right time. What's your pick, Mike? Well, I, I think it's going to be a tight game as we witness all day today. You know, these the divisional matchups and familiarity all over the place They've been tight. Uh, I think it gets down to the fourth quarter, one-score game. Um, and it's going to come down to a field goal. Carlson is incredible for the Raiders. Okay. Uh, and I think he can hit those long field goals. So I got the Raiders winning it by three.
1: All right. We appreciate it. I think we find more common ground about the CU bus these days, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, we, love, we absolutely All right, love Mike Pritchard. Right, Thanks, yeah. Mike. Thanks, absolutely. Mike. Mike Pritchard, we're live from Mile High Station, thanks to Coors Light. Mike, if this comes down to a field goal... Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, golly. um, Let me give it... We we do have some breaking news on the inactives. Uh, Jerry Judy will not play today. So they gave gave it their best shot. I think if this was probably a, you know, for all the must win this. Of this particular game, Um, I think if it was uh, beyond a must-win game, I guess maybe Judy would be playing. But I do think it's a smart move as well. He's not playing um, uh, Riley Moss. He's not playing JL Skinner. uh, JL Skinner's not playing. Um, Again, no big deal on on those guys. But Judy's uh, absence—what impact do you think it'll have? (laughs) Well, it's probably probably good news. Frankly, actually, it's probably good news that he's this close to playing. 'Cause I thought he was gonna be out much longer. Yeah. How
3: big of a deal is it? Well, during the offseason, the Broncos wanted to trade Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. They did for the they right did. for the right value. Yeah, but they want they they were they were not viewed as
1: um, you know, untouchable by well, any means. For a first and, rounder you could have had Judy. I think for a second rounder you could have had Courtland.
3: And they double down on that for a team that had so few draft picks, they spend their first one and trade up to take a wide receiver. So that tells you how they feel or how Sean Payton feels about this this wide receiver group. Look, uh, uh, you know, the, the people that, that played the game, they are not Jerry Judy fans. They just are not. You know, we like we, we like a Jerry Judy. We're intrigued by a Jerry Judy's talent. But the people who, who played this game, including receivers, aren't big Jerry Judy fans. Well, so,
1: a lot's going to rest on a rookie and Marvin Mims then, Yeah. Mike. That's a lot on That's a rookie a because I'll tell you the one thing about Jerry Judy is he's dynamic. Now, he might frustrate you, Yeah. but how? who else on the team could just catch catch that pass and make 12 yards into 50? Listen, I during the offseason,
3: I, I said, Jerry Judy, if he was a stock, I'd buy it. Yeah. I, I think that the way he came on at the end of last year, uh, d- does he have what we've learned to be maybe some professionalism or maturity issues in the first couple years of his league? Okay. But, you know, he would be the first guy to have to grow up, you know, and, and develop a little bit more professionalism. There's no design the talent. So in a league where it's still about the talent, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going
1: to blow off the, uh, the absence of Jerry Judy. We're getting you set for today's game thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. I heard you talking with Mark about – the, the three-headed monster that is the Raiders, like what you would want to stop. Let's dig into that. Plus, Russell Wilson. Here we go, Mike. Here we go with Russell Wilson. We'll get to that next. Live from Mile High Station. We'll also get you updated with all the early games that are having all their NFL twists and turns. Kind of a as, boring start to yeah. week one of the <laughs> NFL. Well, you say that, and you just you just never know. 2.25 kickoff. Yeah. By the way, all the games after 2 o'clock are 2.25 kickoffs today. So the NFL giving breathing room for everybody um, to get into action. It's live from Mile High Station, brought to you thanks to Coors Light, 104.3 The Fan.
0: Live from Mile High Station. It's the fan football pregame presented by Bill Long, Board of Denver, Coca Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and D-Mac
2: always studied them and they've always had a great two back presence i like that because i think we try to do the same thing they've always had a good two back running game and play action passing game Um, they're aggressive down the field i think their numbers from a year ago dictate that when you look at their explosive plays i think they were second in the league in 21 personnel you know we think that's an important personnel grouping as well those are just a few things when when you watch them they give you a heavy dose of 11 heavy dose of 21 they'll get in 12 and they've always been committed to running the ball
1: That is Sean Payton as we are live from Mile High Station, thanks to Coors Light, talking about the Raiders. Mike, one thing I really do love about Sean Payton is you get the feeling that no stone is unturned and that as he's looking for something, the best uh, strategist for the Denver Broncos isn't some guy who was retired for three years living in the basement. It's actually your head coach. So when I hear Sean Payton talk about the opponent, in this case, the Raiders, I like it. I I think that's coming from the eyes of a guy who really thinks about this stuff and breaks things down in small minutia. He was bothered by a few elements of the preseason. He did justify why, you know, we're going to go for a touchdown here, not hold the ball or fall down or whatever. This is a guy who thinks things through. He does.
3: Incredibly Um, detail-oriented. You can can tell he's a big, big believer in, in situational football. I think this guy, like a Parcells, like a Belichick, absolutely subscribes to the idea that more NFL games are lost than actually won. And so it is those attention to details. It is mitigating mistakes. It is understanding situational awareness especially in a league Dmac, where more and more all these games are one score games yeah you know it's this yep. is not college football yep. this yep. isn't you know 60 it's, it's
1: not division one football it's not
3: division one football <laughs> it's not it's not 60 to to, to to 27 it's not even really anymore 38 to 35 uh, you know at least during the early going of the season it's not gonna be 30 to 27. let me go through so some of the
1: games look through. at the scores all right Ravens 22-6 over the Texans. Texas may be the worst team in the league. They got a rookie quarterback. We'll see. But 22-6. 10-3. Browns. These are all late in the third quarter, if not the beginning of the fourth quarter. 10-3 Browns over the Bengals. Vikings losing to the Bucs. 17-10. That's Baker Mayfield. That's quarterback in those Buccaneers. The Titans and Saints are tied at 9. The Falcons are up on the Panthers. Another rookie quarterback. 17-10. The Jags up on the Colts, 17-14. to 14. That's Trevor Lawrence against a rookie quarterback right now. 27-7, 49ers over the Steelers. Well, that's Brock Purdy against the first-round guy. Yeah, that, that, that's a bit of an anomaly. That one's <laughs> a little surprising, but okay. And the Cardinals over the Commanders, 16-10. to 10. To yeah. your point, when we look at the numbers, too, it's dink and dung football yeah. all over the NFL. So if, if that's the
3: way it's going to be, then how do you win football games? Right. Right? You you avoid mistakes. Got to avoid mistakes. You you, you play with discipline. You avoid dumb penalties that are going to uh, short-circuit you. You're big in special teams. And, and I know that the league has sent a very clear message that they're looking to take special teams out of football. But the fact remains is that when you're talking about close games and hidden yardage and all that kind of stuff, special teams matters. So – when you put all this stuff together, uh, what we've learned of Sean Payton gives gives me some, uh, some optimism that as bad as last year was, they were still in a bunch of close games. They lost their final game to the Raiders last year in overtime. So if you <laughs> give me another scenario where they're going to be playing this many close games this year as compared to last, I feel better about their chances of winning those closer games but it's, it's the way the league is now. You you can't, especially this early in the season, where there's still a lot of feeling outgoing, you can't go into the idea of, of these games as I'm going to have to, you know, blow a team out or I'm going to get caught up in a run-and-gun shootout. It's going to be, you know, real grind it out
1: and, and avoid those costly mistakes. Well, this is where I think Sean Payton will have the biggest influence on Russell Wilson to fix Russell. Last year... Late um, or uh, as things were going poorly one of my Memories I go back into the locker room and there's Russell Wilson full uniform like an hour after the game Holding court with Hackett at his locker It's as if Russell Wilson was in charge of what was going on Breaking it down and briefing the coach. It's all about up. Russ. I mean Mike. I've never listen. I've been lucky to be out here in uh, in Denver since 99, you beat me by a year, I believe, in 98, right? So we collectively have been out here basically for 25 years covering the team, covering uh, the Broncos, looking at Mike Shanahan and Gary Kubiak and John Fox, some of the good ones, as opposed to some of the bad ones. To see a head coach sitting at the footstep, Of the starting quarterback an hour after the game talking about whatever they're talking about? Mike, it was just so disproportionate to the way things should have been. And that was the tip of the iceberg. Trust me, that was just a sign. When we found out more details about what was going on, I mean, it was a confused disaster. Think about this time last year. What what did we think it was going to be, Mike, and what was it really? Wow. (laughs) I'm thinking it back to
3: even after they lost the Seattle game. Forty six left hash. And we're here for the home opener. Unbridled optimism. Heck, they actually look pretty good. You know, the offense looked pretty good in terms of moving the ball. Oh, we fumbled a couple times inside the, you know, inside the the ten
1: yard line. That that'll be ironed out. We'll be fine. There was still a rampant optimism. Well, well, of course, because they actually won those two games. Yes. And that was the countdown was, game, yes. which they won, and then the Niners game, which they that. won. That is something that probably <laughs> everybody here at Mile High Station and
3: everybody listening needs to be, remember, be, be reminded of the Broncos were two and one at one point last year. How About that, but but no, you're. It was so wrong. It was it was it was giving Russ whatever he wanted. Yes. Shame on Russ for being in the league for a decade and thinking that that was a good idea to have that kind of power right. after everything that he had learned about life in the NFL. So the fact that the Broncos, well, the fact that Russ even demanded it, shame on him. The fact that the Broncos acquiesced, shame on them. And then put it all together, it took Jerry Rosberg to uh, show us all the last couple weeks how misguided it was. So
1: you talk about fixing Russell Wilson. It's actually not that complicated. It's not that complicated. Get on the same page with what we're doing. Make things much more simple in terms of your decision making. And don't... Take stupid chances like he did during the Colts game that cost them a game. Yeah. It's not actually that hard. And then, Mike, likely it will come down to the coaches hopefully executing the right thing at the right time, and you're probably right. I see the Raiders making a mistake, and that that's why I have the game stretched out 30-17. I, I, but I, I have the game close until I'm thinking, they keep going back to Devontae Adams, and Patrick Sutan makes a play, and hopefully it's a pick six, and we'll sort of go from there. But I have this as a close game throughout, no doubt about it. In terms of things to expect and opportunities, Mike Evans' window of opportunity is coming up. We'll also hear from Mike Kliss. I don't know if we can find another Mike to talk to here in the crowd, but we'll try our best as we're getting you ready and set for today's game, thanks to GQ Barbecue. Colorado's only championship barbecue.
0: This is the fan football pregame show on 1043 The Fan. Live from Mile High Station, it's the fan football pregame presented by Phil Longford of Denver, Coca Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and Mac. We are live at Mile High
1: Station. Uh, wonderful to be back here. Love being here at Mile High Station. As. Um, We thank our great friends from Coors Light for that opportunity. But that doesn't mean, even though we do some things the same way, we can't open up the window to Uh, other
0: possibilities. what you did there. That
1: just
3: gave me goosebumps. Time for (laughs) the window of opportunity presented by Window Nation. Here's where I think the Broncos have a great window of opportunity on defense. Uh, This is still the undeniable strength of this team, if there's one part of this team that we can we can kind of trust as uh, as Broncos country, it is this defense, and I'm, I'm really enthused and, and, and optimistic about what this pass rush could be able to do today against Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, not a real mobile quarterback, uh, not a guy who's had a lot of time to work with the, this Raiders offense. He missed all of the offseason recovering from injury, so it's just been during this... Uh, preseason time and when you look at the the Broncos stable of pass rushers at least to start the season everyone's healthy right we got Randy Gregory you got uh, Frank Clark you got Jonathan Cooper Uh, I really think that there's a real window of opportunity for them to put a lot of pressure on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo get some sacks get some turnovers this is a guy who my pal Mark Slareth who's done a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo games over the years says he will throw it to you Two or three times per game as a defense. So it's what do you do with that to take advantage of it? That's where the Broncos window
1: of opportunity is. Window of opportunity presented by Window Nation. How has Jimmy Garoppolo been so successful, though, Mike? How has he had such an incredible. When you look at his wins and losses, it's two to one wins over losses. Yep. And a lot of them, over 50 wins. How? Well, let's start with the teams New England and San Francisco.
3: Two really good teams. And, and two teams that play defense very well, don't ask their quarterback in those instances to do too much, never really said, here, go win the game for us. There was always a strong support system around him. And you're talking about teams that, uh, you know, ran the football and never put him into a position where he would have to go throw the ball 40 times in a game. So I think that has been the biggest thing for him now. He's going to be with the Raiders in in more of a situation where there may be games, where it's like, hey, Jimmy, we need you to go throw the ball 38 times. Yeah. And let's see what he does. So I think he's been right place, right time, uh, but throws a beautiful ball. I, I mean, the guy really throws a great ball, and he can make all the throws. So he's a very talented quarterback, but I do think that he is somebody that has to have a good support system around him, and to his credit, he has.
1: And he hasn't screwed it up. He's been able to win a lot of football games. Well, again, that's how I see the game today. I see it relatively close with a big turnover at the end, which I think will separate the score a little bit. Uh, If that doesn't happen, sure, this game could come down to a field goal or last possession like so many of these NFL games do. But I do think that's what will happen. I I do think that they will not shy away from Devontae Adams, and we'll see how well the Broncos um, match up. Now, here's the problem, though, and this is inherently the problem with any cornerback, not just Patrick Sertan, and there's no problem with Patrick Sertan, but as every cornerback out there as good as Patrick Sertan will know, and, and defenses don't work like that anyway. So, you, yes, you can have an individual matchup, Mike, but at some point a receiver will run someplace where somebody else has to pick him up, and then you have to obviously work together as a team. The way most teams are just getting away with it is they say, we don't care. We're going to dink, we're going to dunk, we're going to throw to the running back, we'll just throw underneath all day, and then we'll take our chances in the red zone. And then we'll see what happens in the fourth quarter. It's it's like a, a game of attrition, like in the NFL. Well,
3: I think that if you look at the great shutdown corners over the years, from uh, from a Deion Sanders to a, a Darrell Revis to hopefully what we think a a Patrick Sertan can be, they can, if, if they are truly... Impacting the game, they do it one of three ways. One, their threat, their presence is such that teams don't even throw at them, don't even look at them, and it shrinks the field, so you're able to do a whole bunch of other things defensively. Secondly, uh, they decide to go after you, and you're able to, you know, make, you know, game-changing interceptions, that kind of thing. Or three, what you do is you, you just mitigate the impact that the great receiver can make, and so. Yeah, you look up at the end of the day, and the Devontae Adams has been targeted 10 times and has, you know, six, seven catches, but for 65 or 75 yards and no touchdowns. Well, well now what you've done is you've you've taken that other team, and they've been trying so much to get Devontae Adams going, but he's never
1: been able to go off. And as a result, you've been able to kind of control things defensively. It is funny just thinking about who the receivers are for the Broncos today. Without Jerry sure. Judy. So, Brandon Johnson, Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton, Philip Dorsett. Yep. Little Jordan Humphrey. Are, Nate Atkins is an inactive. Nate Atkins is a tight end that they took over Alberto Kuebenham. <laughs> and I'm not exactly sure where you fit with Alberto being I, uh, I traded. I would have capped him. I would have, I, I would have you know, too. It, it, yeah, I mean, I would have. Okay,
3: so he's not a big blocker. Who cares? I mean, who cares? I think you can mitigate that. Uh, See, we have, especially a, I know we have a plenty lot of, of common, common, plenty grounds. common ground. of yes. but uh, but no, when it when it comes to, I'm not as I'm not as freaked out about the Bronco pass catchers as maybe some because I look at it as no, wait a minute, you got Sean Payton, who is widely held consensus that you're talking about one of the top three or four offensive minds in football. Okay, scheme, devise X and O's me to death, will you? And then you do have a quarterback who, in theory, you're paying a quarter of a billion dollars to. Go do your job. Make the people out there better. Extend plays. Allow guys to get open and break away from the guy that's covering them because you're extending the play and making it difficult for a defense to hold up and then make a big play down the, the field. I, I guess I'm not as, as freaked out because the combination of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson should, emphasis on should, be enough to overcome that.
1: All right, we are live at Mile High Station getting you set for today's game thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. To set things up, our insider from 9 News, Mike Kliss. He'll join us next from inside of Empower Field. This is the Fan Football Pregame Show on
0: 104.3 The Fan. Live from Mile High Station, it's the Fan Football Pre-Game presented by Phil Longford of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and D-Mac.
1: Live from Mile High Station, thanks to our great friends at Coors Light, we go over to Empower Fields, and that is where we find Mike Kliss of 9 News. Mike, uh, walk us through the decision on Jerry Judy.
4: Yeah, I mean... It, it pretty much came down to – I, I kind of suspected all along that it would be they made it look like he might play during the week, but they weren't going to play him. I mean, it's, uh, it's a grade two strain. That's just the medical definition. And uh, looks like a three-week injury. You know, not, not four weeks. Looks like it's three weeks. So he did work out a little bit before the game, though, and they did call up the two guys from the practice squad. Uh, they, they had the right to not dress one of those two guys they called up had Judy been ready to go. But it just, uh, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense for him not to play. Hamstrings being what they are, an easy injury to reoccur. Um, have him skip this week and uh, be ready, I assume, be ready next week against Washington.
3: All right, so when it comes to the, the passing game, Mike, uh, in the game plan, who who's the – Who's the receiver we should be looking at besides Cortland Sutton?
4: Um, well, I think it might be um, Greg Dulcich would be the fantasy play of the of the week <laughs> for the uh, for the Broncos. Uh, he's, I would say, he's their second best receiver uh, that they have uh, right now. We'll see. It. Lil Jordan Humphrey ran a lot of, got a lot of reps with the first team. Um, it was him, Brandon Johnson, and Cortland Sutton. Huh. Uh, you know, Mims, I think, will get maybe 15 plays at receiver, and he okay. might top a couple, you know. That's that's his position. That's his role. But as far as, uh, you know, I think Brandon Johnson might be second most and uh, LeJordan uh, Humphrey would be third. <laughs> We're being, we're being encouraged, Mike,
1: live and in person. More energy. More energy. More excitement, right? right? we got We got we to pump it up with Mike Kliss. <laughs> pump it up with Mike Kliss. Hi, right, Michael. That's I'll, the segment. I'll <laughs> go along with that request, like a song request here. What should Broncos fans be the most excited about? What change has happened that they really should be fired up about?
4: Uh, really, one, Sean Payton. I mean, he's been a winner, right? Uh, you're not fired up about Russell Wilson anymore, although he has looked I- better. In, in preseason, but Russell Wilson uh, was last year's news. He's now old news, and um, people got behind Russ last year, were believing, and it was a it was a dud. And so Russell Wilson, I think, a little more under the radar, uh, should play better this year. Uh, so be encouraged by that. But but more than that, I think Sean Payton. <clears throat> I think Sean Payton can win when he doesn't have the best team. And because um, he's that type of coach. You know, good coaches can win when they don't have the best team on the field. And uh, I think he will do that a couple, times, uh, a couple times a year. That's why his record is what it is. Mike, it's been fascinating to watch both Deion Sanders and
3: Sean Payton, two really dynamic, uh, charismatic in their own way coaches, come in here and, and make their, their imprint and, and their impact. I think we're all understanding what Dion is all about and what he's trying to accomplish. As you've watched and covered and talked to and gotten to know Sean Payton during the course of this offseason, what is his um, his mo? What what is what is he trying to do and accomplish here and, and has throughout this offseason?
4: Mike, are you there? Uh, changing the culture to. Uh to know how to win. Now, you you got to to lose the defeatist attitude. And this team has lost now for six years in a row, missed the playoffs seven years in a row. Right. And so uh, some negativity has seeped in uh, unconsciously. I mean, you know, no one's trying to lose or anything, but uh, there's a certain attitude I think you have to have in the fourth quarter. When every game in the NFL seems to be tight.
3: Yeah.
4: That's how you uh, play in the fourth quarter. Which, by the way, is why I think the Broncos will win today. When you're when you're playing four quarters for the first time this year, as the Raiders and Broncos are, you would think the Broncos, training at fifty two eighty, would be in better condition in the fourth quarter than the Raiders, uh, although they do train at two thousand and one feet. I look I looked it up. Wow, um, it's the details that matter. The, uh, I I just think they're going to be uh, mentally tougher and physically tougher and you know as much as the cba allows it was pretty much an old school long practices a lot of padded practices um you know they toughened up quite a bit especially compared to last year with the nathaniel hackett style all right mike well Well, one more what kind of workload do you expect for uh javante
3: williams today ah
4: you know that's a good question i i um it makes sense to have uh to have them uh, 10 to 12 carries. I mean, those type of things uh, depend on if you're hot or not. Um, but going in, game plan wise I would almost think Pirine, I'd almost think Pirine with 15 carries, Devontae with 12, and, uh, and, and Jaleel with 5.5, uh, 5, 6, <laughs> something like that. Uh, we'll see how it works out. All right, but you do have a win for the Broncos
1: here today. You got a score? Or just, I, do, uh, just, I,
4: I do I do, have a win for the Broncos, something like 23-17, 27-21, something like that.
1: All right, Mike, we love it. Uh, we follow you on uh, 9 News, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mike.
4: You got it. Thanks, guys.
1: We're getting you set for today's game thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. Jesus, I can't believe we were forgetting about Javante Williams. I mean, my gosh. It's a big story, him coming back, right? That's
3: interesting, because Sean this week said he would be full go, big Mm. part of the game plan. Yeah. And yet Mike's saying he would anticipate Piran getting more carries.
1: Well, it started off like a house on fire for Javante at the beginning of training camp, Mike. And then, not surprisingly, thanks, guys, enjoy, not surprisingly, as training camp went on, a guy recovering from a Terrible multiple ACL and other stuff sort of injury. It's kind of slowed down it's had. Yeah. Which gave way for Jaleel McLaughlin to kind of have some crazy great days. Don't forget the Broncos, Mike. Four players. Undrafted free agents made this team. Four. That's a lot. Broncos have a long history of one, maybe two, but four guys? Okay. All the draft picks made the team. Even, you know, J.L. Skinner, who, you know, wasn't doing all that much. Riley Moss was hurt for the vast majority of it. So they they do say they like their draft picks. They got four guys as undrafted free agents. We no longer have uh, Albert to to worry about. You lost K.J. Hamler a long time ago, and you lost Tim Patrick, too. I mean, it's been an interesting process to figure out who this team really is. Remember last year
3: in the hype and the hysteria and the euphoria of getting Russ, the the real interesting topic was, is this a good roster? How good is this roster around Russ? Here we are a year later, and you just documented it perfectly, the, the change and some of the new... Do you think this is a good roster? I think
1: it's okay. You know, y- you get kind of... Uh... Uh, orange and blue kool-aid when you just go out to practice every day because you think oh my gosh look at this and look at that you forget that there's a bunch of other t- all the other teams are doing the yeah. same exact thing so you do you do get a little like oh well, i can see how that guy could work and that guy right. could work but as a as a total team and frankly mike we don't really know we don't we the the broncos lost a couple of games in preseason by a point well that was a Guys who just aren't going to play, and they were frustrated, and They they did put a lot of emphasis on that final game against the Rams, and, yeah, they won that. But look at the Wednesday practice that Wickersham right. explained. And, and one of the more confounding things for Sean Payton, according to the Wickersham article, is why aren't these guys having more life, more energy? Right. Why are they getting so down when things aren't going well? I don't actually have an answer to that question, Mike. Do you?
3: Yeah, I, I just think that you're you're looking at an organization that has, um,
1: uh, I, I don't want to say accepted losing, mm. but gotten used to losing. Right. They, It's not, yes, yes. It's not like we want to lose or we're expecting to lose. It's that we don't really have a culture of winning either. Well, there's the
3: word, culture, right? And isn't that what Sean Payton is being brought in to do, change the culture? And just like you look at the best teams out there in football, they have a winning culture, those are teams that they just expect at some point during the game the tide's going to turn. They're either going to make a play or the other team's going to make a mistake. There's just it, it, there's a winning culture. The losing culture is just as real. The losing culture is all about the idea that wins are going to go wrong. They we're doing well, okay, but when's the other shoe going to fall, you're, you're that ask, kind of thing.
1: You're, here we are. We're finally asking the big questions as people filter into the stadium. Mike? I would put forth to you that Dion Sanders believe 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 win 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 this tip on your shoulder yeah I'm glad you you know, got that at the end my 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 yeah. son you know or what are you kidding best player yeah. but boom 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 I'm everybody got boom, boom 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 yep like there was no room to think anything else except for what do you say but of course they're 18 19 20 21 you know whatever year old kids. While everybody says nice things about Russell Wilson, everybody says nice things. Listen, man, I I get it. When I hear every single coach for two years, every single player, say nothing but nice things about how hard this guy works and all that. But in the back of their minds, do they believe in Russell Wilson? And what kind of impact does that make on the field? Our guy Tebow. The crazy thing about Tebow. While everybody doubted how effective he was as a passer. Rightfully so. There was no doubt that at the end of a game, you knew that guy was going to do whatever he could to try to right. to win the, that game for you. And when you look at – Cutler didn't have that. Orton didn't have that. Simeon was okay, but he wasn't that guy. The, what you should be getting out of your money for Russell Wilson more than anything, I mean more than anything, is a collective belief that this is our guy. But did at least – over those
3: last few weeks, especially when Rosberg took over. Did you get a sense that that this was a guy that really wanted to win and he was willing to do the things. He was willing to, you know, put his body in harm's way that he wanted to try to get
1: it done. He wanted to try Mike, to make a play. The Jerry Rosberg era, the ten days of magnificence from General Jerry Lee I Rosberg. Know. Uh yeah, he fired an incompetent special teams coach and an incompetent offensive line coach. He figured out, hey, Albert O looks good. Why don't we play him? And he got rid of the garbage Jake Heaps and all that right. stuff. But that stuff was going. That stuff was that, actually but, out of the building already. I know. But what I'm saying is that I that we saw at the end. We saw Russ was was my, trying my to- I, I'm having a hard time because I'm I'm on Russell Wilson's side. I'm not rooting against right. him. But the evidence of this was the throw to Jerry Judy with like. Ten seconds left to go in the first half against the Chargers, a team that stupidly was playing a bunch of their starters that they didn't want to be out right. there. That, that finally, Staley called off the dogs and took everybody out in the fourth what I quarter. guess where
3: I'm, where I'm going with this is that we saw Russ at, at the end of the season was looking to run a little bit more, was looking to stick his nose in there, okay, was willing to take a hit. That's right. what I'm talking about. I, I guess I'm not talking about the efficiency or the quality of Russ. I'm talking about his
1: willingness to compete.
3: Like and I saw single- more of that at the end of the year, and I'm expecting to see more of that starting you right know from the start here. You
1: know what I'm proud of for our, 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 our little station, 104.3 The Fan? We got everything right. We had people on the station saying, training camp is ridiculous yep. the way they're having it. We said having Jake Keeps and personnel inside the building was a mistake. We said Russ doesn't look to be in the shape that he should be yep. in. Mike, every freaking thing that we basically put forth by every single member of this radio station was I guess right because every single thing has been changed in that department right so so yes I and hey, I give credit not only to well, you know we really should give some credit to to Greg Penner specifically, you know firing a coach after one year, Mike. It's not the easiest thing to do. So let's dig into the culture shift that has happened with the Denver Broncos and where Sean Payton fits in. Getting you set for today's game, thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. We'll give you a bunch of final scores from the earlier games too, plus our keys to the game and our official Broncos pick. Live from Mile High Station, it's 104.3 The Fan. <laughs>
0: from Mile High Station, it's the Fan Football Pre-Game presented by Phil Longford of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and Mac. Let's
1: catch up with some of the games. Not quite finals, but we see where they're going. The Ravens lead the uh, Texans 25-9 with just three minutes to go, so the Ravens will start off 1-0. Texans, that's not a surprise. The Browns beating the Bengals, Mike. And Joe Burrow just had a flat-out bad game. 24-3 is the score right now, and they're in the two-minute warning. So that's going to go the way of the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Um, What are we thinking about Joe Burrow? 14-31 for 82 yards. Yikes. They couldn't get anything going Got hurt early in camp. Uh, They held him out. Didn't play in the preseason. so. So we got the Chiefs losing and the Bengals losing. Hello. The Buffalo Bills playing on Monday night, but you know what, the Jets. But, but <laughs> well, you know what, we'll that's
3: but okay. So a team like Cincinnati, a team like the Chiefs, you know, you you go into your first game, especially if you're Cincinnati, it's a road game against a Cleveland team that you know is going to be just absolutely full lather, and you are kind of looking at like the extension of the preseason. You know you're going to be there, and and you know that uh, you know if if there's a game that in theory you could lose, th- this would be one of them. But okay, if you're the Bengals, okay, it's a road game. There's 17 it's a division games. Game, though, I bro. know, but I mean... it's it's a road road division game. Okay, um, but you look at you you look at the Broncos. I just I just don't see them having that same kind of luxury of saying, well, okay, oh, oh, agreed, you know, agreed. you don't win this game, you still got 16 more.
1: So uh, c- continue on with this. Right, uh Buccaneers over the Vikings, 20 to 17. Market the, correction in Minnesota this year. the The Buccaneers do have the ball. We'll see if they can get themselves a first down or two to, to win that one. The Titans are now super. The, it's sixteen to fifteen. The Titans are trailing the Saints um, with two seventeen to go in the fourth. The Falcons beating the Panthers twenty four to ten. With we'll less than a minute to go, thirty one twenty one. The Jags at the end of the day came back against the Colts. Uh, the Colts do have the ball, but a ten point lead. And under two minutes to go, the Niners had no problem with the Steelers today, 30 thirty-seven. That was kind of the biggest beatdown yeah, of the day. That's,
3: I, I, I kind of was ready to buy Pittsburgh a little bit this
1: year. But. And the, uh, well, hang on, oh, it, I well, you know, hang on. Oh, and then the, and the Commanders, know. the Commanders lead the Cardinals twenty to sixteen. So those are your early games. We got the Raiders, Broncos, Dolphins, Chargers, Eagles, Patriots, uh, Packers, Bears. Rams, Seahawks, all still to come with the Cowboys and Giants tonight. Monday night, like you said, the Bills and the Jets. So what are we learning from these early games, and what relates to the Broncos, Mike? Well, what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of games started
0: slow.
3: Yeah. Right. Uh, go back and, and look at the halftime scores of a lot of these games, and it was they were low scoring. So it was almost like uh, they, they, a lot of these teams needed the half to kind of get going and, you know, come out in that second half and, and be ready to go, and, and you're seeing some better performances in the second half. So there's there's that, um, and, and you also, and you look at uh, some of these uh, these road teams. Uh, they, they, they came in and played pretty well. I mean, the Bucs are playing well on the road. Uh, Titans are right there with the Saints, Jags, 49ers, uh, Cardinals giving the commanders all they can, can handle. So... Uh, But I think the biggest thing is in a league where increasingly DMac teams are looking at the first week, maybe even the second week, maybe even the first quarter of the season as kind of an extension of preseason. If you're one of those teams that put an emphasis on playing your starters in the preseason, it should be an advantage. It should be. Mm. It should be. Now... The Broncos played their starters. Will it be an
1: advantage? It should be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, who
1: knows? We're live from Mile High Station thanks to Coors Light. It's time for Keys to the Game, brought to you by Phil Longford, presenting Keys to the Game. To beat the Raiders, you... Uh, all right, well, let, let's let's look on both sides of the
3: ball. Offensively, this offensive line, what do we got? It, it did not look great. You know what was fascinating to me was we're all watching the offensive line, and nobody's impressed, but the people inside, whether it was the offensive line or... Sean Payton says, oh, no, I'm I'm fine with the offensive line. I don't know about that. So uh, the offensive line, you give me uh, an above-average performance from the offensive line, what that will mean for the running game, what that will mean for keeping Russ clean, then then I feel really good about that. But offensive line on offense, uh, defensively, uh, I I think there's an opportunity to get Jimmy Garoppolo to make some mistakes. Uh, I want to repeat what I've been talking about throughout the course of this. He did not practice it all during the OTAs during the mini camps he did not even start with his new team until training camp I, I gotta believe that that's an advantage
1: for the Broncos if they push the issue and put him into some uncomfortable position the three big guys that you gotta basically stop Max Crosby cannot destroy you okay right so you gotta figure that out Russell Wilson who was sacked 55 times leading the league last year Listen, man, we saw some iffy things. So this is relatively simple. You know, put Russell Wilson in positions, Mike, where it's not scorching the ball down the field. And if it's not the running game, which, of course, is going to be very important, it'll be just easier decisions to make throwing to backs out of the backfield. Okay? Next is Josh Jacobs. Wow, he's had a lot of success against the Denver Broncos. A lot. So we'll see, I guess, with our defensive line where they are If they're stout, maybe Josh McDaniels will just bang away and take his chances so that the Broncos have to put things in terms of, well, man coverage and they won't stay away from Devontae Adams, but they may try to hit first with Josh Jacobs. And then, of course, it's Devontae Adams. So... This always implies that somebody we haven't talked about whatsoever yeah. ruins our day. Hunter Renfro. Well, it could be Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Or one of the, I'm not joking. <laughs> one of the nameless tight ends that we are really not aware of of the Raiders. Because right. Waller's not there anymore. And we don't really have a good grasp as to who these guys are. And you know what? Hunter Renfro, pretty damn good. And he could, he could be a problem. So, really, if you want to shut down the Raiders, you've got to put them in a position where at least you don't get killed by Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, or Devontae Adams. If you get killed by one of those guys, I know we talked about, like, well, well, stop one of those guys, but the truth is, Mike, maybe you have to stop all of them. You can't let these guys beat you, not them. You know, to,
3: the thing about Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, they both have the potential to wreck a game. That, that's the concern I have about those two. Josh Jacobs, one of the reasons why Jacobs, what is he, like – 7-0 and in his last seven games that he's played against the Broncos? He is 7-0, and yes. Yeah, yes. So the reason he missed one game. The one game that the, the Broncos won, right. he missed. So the reason why his impact has been felt so much or talked so much about it is because the game's been low scoring. The Broncos haven't had a good offense. So a guy like Josh Jacobs, in that sense, can really play a big role in these games. If, if the belief is, if the hope is that the Broncos are going to be better offensively, then I think that mitigates what, what a Josh Jacobs can do. And then you start talking about, all right, let's not let a Max Crosby have a three-sack game and completely ruin you offensively, and let's also not have a Devontae Adams get loose. Hey, if, if if Devontae Adams, at the end of the day, has six or seven catches for 70 yards and no touchdowns, sign me up. I'll take that right now. You just don't want it to be six catches, 153
1: yards, and you know two touchdowns. Those are the keys to the game presented by Phil Long Ford of Denver. Shot Colorado's best selection. We're getting you set for today's game, thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. Don't forget, Chad Andrews will be here on the fan with the Denver Hair Surgery Fan Football Post Game. Starting at the two-minute warning, we'll give you our picks coming up hey, next. Denver
3: hair surgery, can you take
1: care of Chad, please? <laughs> oh, wow.
0: He'll, he'll be the first to tell you. <laughs>
1: wow. All right. <laughs> he'll be the first to tell you. All right. Off the top rope. We'll be back next.
0: Live from Mile High Station, it's the Fan Football Pre-Game presented by Phil Longboard of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and D-Mac.
1: Hey, thanks to Sydney for doing such a great job, running they work today. Work. Thank you, Sydney. Awesome as usual, and we appreciate the the work of Rock and Roll Brian, our uh, engineer. And man, what a thrill to be back here at Mile High Station as things have filtered out and folks are in the game as we await kickoff for the Broncos. We're here, courtesy of our friends from Coors Light. Mike, what do you got? I like the Broncos today. Uh, I I do
3: believe I, I've been making this this case all week that i i do think this is a an absolute must win if the argument is that you want to believe that this could be a playoff team i think that means 10 wins and if you look at the schedule uh if even if you pencil this down even if you put this in ink as a win uh there's probably still going to be three other games this year that they're going to have to win that you don't expect them to win right now certainly games in which they may be an underdog so they absolutely have to get this win. Uh, I think Sean Payton dropped some breadcrumbs about how important, how crucial this win is. He talked about when he took the job that when he was away from football doing TV for Fox last year, what he really noticed was the surprise teams last year. And he mentioned Minnesota, the Giants, the Dolphins, how quick of a start they got off to. He uh, also talked in the, uh, in, in the piece with um, Seth Wickersham about he looked back on the first year with the Saints in which they got off and ended up, I think, winning 10 games that year, how important it was to get off to a fast start. So I think you put it all together and you finish it all off with a cherry on top. Enough's enough. They've lost six straight to the Raiders. Yeah. Enough's enough. It's yeah. the home opener. It's the season opener. You've got to grab this one. They do
1: 24-17. Yeah, it's six straight. It's seven out of the last eight times. It's enough. I think they win 30-17, to and my score is a close game with a Jimmy Garoppolo mistake that gets a, I'm thinking a Pat Sertan pick six, something dramatic like that in the last three minutes of the game, something along those lines. So the score is probably not um, indicative of, of, you know, the nature of the game. It's just that's the way some of these games go. So I I think I have the Broncos putting the, the Raiders on the ropes, and and coming away with the win i think it's time i mean jeez you got to actually think if if not under this set of circumstances mike really what would the set of circumstances be and
3: and you know what dmac is that when you actually look at some of these past broncos seasons recent seasons they have gotten not the fast starts. That's for three and zero with Vic. That's
1: right. Two and one last year. Six and zero with Josh McDaniels is back in the stadium here today. So I would like to think that Sean Payton can get it done in week one. All right, So we both have the the Broncos winning, and we're talking about boy, are we talking about happy thoughts on Monday? We're talking about the Broncos over the Raiders. We're talking about CU now being nationally ranked. Um, I don't know. Maybe Nikola Jokic's horse will win a race, but things are, are looking up top to bottom. As far as we could tell on Monday, if the Broncos lose, oh. what is the narrative tomorrow? I, it, look, if it, <laughs> I, I, you know this town.
3: If they lose, unless it's thirty-five to thirty-four and Russell Wilson is thrown for three hundred and sixty yards and three touchdowns, it's going to be time to dump Russ. Wow! After game one, if they lose it, all right. Here are the two. Wow. Bron- Holy here, cow! Here I the, wasn't expecting that. Here are the Broncos with the two biggest. If they lose, okay? If they lose, here are the two Broncos they're going to be blamed the most. Russell Wilson and Vance Joseph. Hmm. Vance, Vance was definitely taking if, some strays in preseason. If the defense gives it up, oh, open season on Vance. Because, let's face it, Broncos countries never really totally embraced the idea of a Vance Joseph return. Wow. Okay? You don't think so, And huh? just as much as nice things have been said about Russ, that is a tenuous uneasy alliance right now between russell wilson and broncos country both russell wilson and vance joseph are in proven mode and if the broncos are to lose one or both of them are going to be in the in the crosshairs
1: we thank our great friends from gq barbecue colorado's only championship barbecue for helping us out here today also the producers of this show richie carney and Drew spivak for putting everything together wonderful job as always and our great friend chad andrews We'll kick off the Denver Hair Surgery Fan Football Postgame Show starting at the two-minute warning. I he understand. He texted me. He goes. I understand. You've heard from he Chad. Heck yeah! Hook it up. <laughs> well, nobody could do you better, Chad, than the Denver Hair Surgery location. That's I mean, right. Make a it's, call. It's hair surgery. Come on, Chad. I mean, don't 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 sleep on it. Be of it. <laughs> I think the Broncos uh, and the fans should be expecting a. A good season, a really good season. I'm expecting much better from Russ. Uh, Sean Payton is a, is a fascinating character, to say the least. And it started off with Jared Bell, that interview with USA Today. It ended with Seth Wickersham. And if you just want to catch up on Sean Payton and what he's all about, hey, you just have to read their two pieces to sort of put that together. And you kind of teased it earlier, and I want you to pay it off, because I think the Penner group, deserves a lot of credit i do thank you for bringing that up i i wasn't sure what to think i still can't completely figure out why they want to own the broncos you say well it's everybody's dream i think everybody's dream is just to be wicked rich and they were already that they don't have a history in their family of sports involvement aside from their relationship i guess to stan cronkey so maybe you look at the uh The neighbor's billionaire grass is a little bit greener, but that doesn't seem like enough to really want to do this. That being said, I wondered what was going on when it's time to sign Sean Payton and you're playing golf at Pebble Beach rather than in the building making sure this deal gets done. However, since that little moment of me with my eyebrows raised, I've been pretty impressed. Uh, the, the renovations to the stadium are going to pay off today, I think, for a lot of the fans. I think it's cool they threw some cash at the Mines kid to get him down to Texas, you know, for, for that moment. Resodding the grass at the end of the season. Again, I was like, do they got to do it or not? You think cynically sometimes around here, but it appears they just did it. Money is no object here, Mike. Money is absolutely positively no object. Signing off
3: on firing Nathaniel Hackett, you could have easily run that back and say, hey, he learned a lot, he'll be better off, and da-da-da-da-da. Instead, they they not only fire him, but they turn around, not only pay Sean Payton, but as new owners, what do they effectively do? They kind of give over the control of their franchise to Sean Payton.
1: Yeah, and by the way, we now know... That's not an easy decision to make because Sean Payton hates Roger Goodell, as was explained in the Wickersham piece. So you just went through the entire process, speaking Canadian a little bit, to acquire the team, which obviously has to come together with Roger Goodell in the NFL, and a a decision to turn around and hire a guy that you know has a lot of animosity, it doesn't surprise me that Jim Harbaugh and D'Amico Ryans may have been considered better candidates initially than Sean Payton. So with all that, I think the Penner, the Walton Penner group, has put the team first. I think they've put the fans first, and I give them credit for it. Uh, I think they got hoodwinked. Mike, you got one. You got a big one. You got the why don't we just wait on the Russell contract. You got that one. You called it from the start. You were right, my friend. I was wrong on that one. Uh, That's good hindsight, and that's being 2020. They signed off on that deal, and it was, like, icky. What were you expecting from them? They had run the team for like two weeks before that deal got done. And they were trusting. In, in their
3: mind, they said, okay, these are the, the football people we have. We trust them. We're going to let them do their job. This is what they're recommending. We'll sign off on it. Now, that that, that shouldn't have been done. But it does show something that I, I think is – it's like the opposite of Jerry Jones, right? You know, yes. you don't get the sense this is going to be an ownership group that's going to micromanage, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. And
1: just sort of being around him more, Greg Penner is not an egomaniac. He's yeah. not. In fact, just talk to anybody that's been around Greg Penner. You're going to hear good things about them. And the Broncos have always been strong in the community, always, no matter what the bad seasons on the field. They've been strong off the field, and that continues. So with that, I say, hey, way to go. You made some tough changes. You're rolling the dice on some stuff, and you're welcoming to wreck some moments. You're throwing money at problems. But a lot of times throwing money at problems is the right thing to do, Mike. It's, It's better to have the money to do it. So as we watch a player we don't even know kick the ball off, Will Lutz, we say, welcome to the Broncos 2023 season. See our pal Chad with whatever remaining hair he has at the two minute warning as we roll and talk about it top to bottom right oh. here. Oh! I'm, we can't talk. We can't. Oh! 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 Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on! Yes! Holy cow! You can't. We can't say hold it. Hold on! Hold on! We can we, well, after a certain amount of time. <clears> hold on! All right.
3: One Mississippi, two Mississippi, okay. three Mississippi. Oh, there was. A, hold on! Oh. Four Mississippi, oh. five, oh. six, oh. seven, oh.
1: Oh. eight, oh. Oh. nine. We should just not. Just you'll you'll find out. Right. You'll find out. We'll, I'm, right. I'm being the oh, mature one. Oh look at you! Can you believe that? God, you're showing such. Maturity. But a fascinating. Let's see. Oh, oh. no, no! Oh. All right, you're gonna have to look it up on your own. But we're off to a very exciting Uh, start. You're already watching it. It's Denver Sports Station 104.3, the Fan.